0: everybody so today we are going to be talking about the hero's journey um i did a post on this today and it's one of my um i don't know frameworks i guess my one of my favorite frameworks that um or a lens that i look through um i will also be (laughs) making an attempt to weave in um, the language of alchemy and how, when we enter this, um, special world, we might actually be in the alchemical vessel where a lot of the transmutation and transformation is happening. So I'm going to attempt to do that. I have a lot of notes here. So if I'm looking down this way, it's cause I am, there's no way I can hold all of that in my head. So let's just begin with why I think this is an important framework. I think the hero's journey is a story of, you know, it is a framework of a, that gives me a lot of hope. If I know that I am going through trials and tribulations and part of the monomyth, the um, part of the script is that I will be going through these trials and tribulations and that I will have to endure the heat of purification and um, a death of a part of me or um, my ego, uh, the the great death, um, then and, and then I will be resurrected. I will come back to life and I will be transformed and I will return. Then there is a lot of hope, right? That sort of says, okay, this will not last forever whatever difficult period we are going through is not going to last forever. So that's one of the reasons why I think it's so important to share this framework is because I don't know where all of you guys are on um, on this path, but this is an ongoing spiral, um, maybe an upward or a downward spiral, but you will go through many of these cycles and each cycle could be years long, it could be five, seven, 12. I've seen it all which ways and then depending on with how much sort of commitment you move through this, it could take you a while before, you know, you sort of come to the um, co- return as a changed individual. So I don't want you to be like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, <laughs> I have returned and I am now evolved which I think a lot of people um, who don't understand um, about the alchemical process or what the spiritual evolution is, or or the spiritual, psychological spiritual evolution is, they might come to a place where they feel like they've evolved and now they're going to go off and preach, um, and and but they actually haven't, you know, they haven't really gone through. the the total transformation. It's actually referred to as a a lesser stone. It is not the philosopher's stone, okay? So um, I ask that you guys keep this chat uh, clean and respectful as is all of, you know, there are people here and I just want to respect them. For those of you who see anyone being disrespectful, if you could just put it in my DM, I will make sure that we block them next time because I don't really care to have that as part of our um, as part of our community. So, all right. So let's talk a little bit about when the hero journey begins. So this call to adventure, we all will at some point or another um going to experience this kind of restlessness you know we're going about our life everything is good everything seems really good um you know we have everything that maybe we wanted um we might have all the things in place the right job the right partner or not um we might you know but but things are good things are okay and then this kind of restlessness and agitation begins. This restlessness and agitation will begin. Oh, wait a minute. Sorry, guys. I forgot to tell you where this hero journey came from. I'm gonna rewind a little bit. Sorry. Um, okay, let's rewind a little bit. What is this hero's journey? So Joseph Campbell, who was a mythologist, I mean, he was just a, uh, in an encyclopedia of myth um, and he studied all, if not most uh, definitely most of the world's myths and he found that in every um, in every religion in every tradition in every culture there was this kind of story the narrative of um, a hero encountering you know a hero getting this call to adventure then going on this journey into the spirit Um, spirit world or special world and then returning and if you look at all of our religions whether it's judaism christianity islam uh, buddhism you will find that some of this uh, narrative will exist and so this is referred to as the monomyth okay meaning that around the world uh, across the board including in our own personal lives we all will actually go through this kind of path. Um, Heroine's journey, hero's journey. Uh, Some people have come out with a um, a heroine's journey narrative, but I'm not going to get into that. I'm just going to start to stay above this right now and just stay uh, with the hero's journey. Although the heroine's journey for me has been um, a little bit different and it does require you to recollect parts of you that you might have split off from. Um, But I can I can actually frame that within the hero's journey. So in every life story, whether it is an adolescent, whether it is an adult, whether it it, even um, even little children will actually go through a cycle of the hero's journey. When they first enter school, they might actually encounter this. When they're going through their sort of identity crisis in adolescent, they might encounter this. Um, Men, women. Um, the cycle, you know, it just takes on a different shape throughout our lives. And once we hit 35, 40, 45, 50, it looks a little bit different because the hero's journey may not be in the outer world. It actually might be in the inner world, okay? So in order for us to be ready for the inner journey, we must have a strong enough ego strength, which is a post that I did earlier, like a strong enough sense of self, that actually can encounter the darkness within us. If we are too fragile, we will not be able to encounter that. We will not be able to take on the inner journey. So everything we go through in our childhood, in our adolescence, in our young adulthood, in our early thirties, all of that actually prepares us for the psychospiritual journey of the inner world. Okay, Um, and so it just looks different at different parts in different times of our life. And so, this call to adventure comes where you now have to go do something different than what you have always done, and it shows up as a restlessness, or it might show up as um, dreams like you know, you're getting. Call to do something, and maybe you're starting to see it everywhere you go, and maybe it's an idea for a business, or maybe it's an agitation in the current relationship you're in. Something is happening where you no longer are feeling comfortable. That is the call to adventure, okay? Um, and you almost feel like you are living someone else's story. All of a sudden, you're like, but it. But I was good. I was. This is what I wanted. I chose this for myself. So it's a kind of a very confusing time because you made that decision, but you made it from a um, in a um, a different um, stage in your development. You know. So oftentimes it can be very confusing because people will be like, "But but you chose him, or you chose this job." or you chose this career, or you chose this country, but you're just like, but I don't know. I don't want that anymore. And that is the call to adventure. And then the refusal to the call will also come. And this might be where um, it it usually comes in the form of um, duty or obligation. And (laughs) I will talk about Star Wars. But you know, where, where the duty to when, you know, in the earlier movies where Luke is, okay, he has to help, um, Owen and you know, you can't go, you still have to farm and you have to do this. And so it's kind of this like tension inside of you that, oh, but, but I have bills to pay or how can I do this? What will people say or what, what will happen to my kids if I do this? Or how will I earn a living if I do this? And it, that is the refusal to the call and people usually will self-sabotage at that time. That is part of the narrative actually, um, where people actually will sort of, I don't wanna say shrink back, but actually go back to their comfort zone and say, you know what? I'm not rocking this boat right now. I'm just gonna go on with this because this is my duty and this is my obligation. And that is, you know, if you think about the prophets in, in the religions, like they also had a duty to the narrative before, right? They had different religions before they showed up. And so different ways of doing things. If you think about Buddha, like he came from a family where that just was not. So there was a tension inside of him that how can I leave this life? They said, I'm supposed to be, you know, the heir to this throne, or I'm supposed to be part of this community or this collective. And so that obligation is very loud inside of us. Um, I've had this encounter in my life many times, um, and some people are, um, you know, their spirit is just louder than the obligation, and you know, you call them really high-spirited people, um, or or high-energy people, and so they might actually be a little bit more destructive or reckless in the way they start their journey. The hell with everybody, and off I go. Um, and so that can also happen, but the refusal will happen as part of the narrative. It is a scary journey, okay? This is not uh, for the faint at heart. And so um, so then you might encounter, um, hold on, let me pull this up, this diagram. So then the helpers or the aides or meeting of the mentor comes. In comes Obi-Wan Kenobi where he meets this person, and now um, he says, "This is, you know, this is what you have to do." And so you might be sitting in an airplane next to someone who feels like they came to you with a message, or you might meet someone at a dinner party, and they say, "Well, you know, tell me more about this." And all of a sudden, you feel like, "I think I'm really meant to do this." All of a sudden, these different opportunities start to show up where it's this voice inside of you starts to get a little bit louder that I am supposed to go. I know I have this duty, I have this obligation, I have these fears, I have these insecurities, but this part of me that is saying I must move forward is also quite big. You might actually have people show up in your life where all of a sudden you're like, I've known this person for so long, but all of a sudden they come in as helpers, They come in as aides, you know, they might just say, hey, you know, what? why don't we just meet for a coffee and I'll just help you chart this thing out, you know, give you a business plan or, you know, or you might, what I've encountered also is that you might meet a therapist or a guru or um, a healer where that, you know, they really are um, strengthening the other voice inside of you, which is the opposite of um, the obligate um, obligation voice, okay, and that's so, that's sometimes what happens in therapy is that we actually have it in our consent form that you might change as a result of this process, and as a result of that change, things in your life might change, the people in your life might change, the job you are in might change, you might move, you might find what you truly are passionate about now. And so you need to go in there with, you know, as much as both wide uh, eyes wide open that you could change as a result of this. So therapy is also, um, can be seen as one of those helpers that show up. Um, and so that usually what happens. And then you say, you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. and um, And so you feel, Um, strong enough through these helpers or um, you know uh, the training that you might have gone in or you might have taken some courses you feel strong enough where you say i'm ready to make a commitment to cross the threshold this is where people might um, enter the inner realm or they might um, decide to get married or they might decide to leave a relationship or they might decide to leave a job or they might decide to start a job or they might say, I am leaving this job and I'm now going back to um, school and I'm gonna go be something different because I, my father wanted me to be an engineer and I really want to be a doctor actually or I really wanna be um, in the healing profession or in the helping profession or in politics or whatever. But something in you says, I'm ready to make that commitment, okay? And that's where the beginning of the dark night might begin because the challenges at that point begin. So most people think of this as like, all of a sudden I am now going to be on this beautiful journey. No, it gets really dark. And this is actually where I put the belly of the whale, the metaphor of the belly of the whale. You are entering the period of challenges. At this time metaphorically speaking and you are now in the point of your first real danger people in your life start to uh the road you know the belly of the whale and the road of trials and tribulations is almost like the same thing but when i say belly of the well not when i say when they say belly of the whale think about you entering a period of challenges and you've crossed over in two the inner world, the special world, the um, the alchemical vessel. You are now entering the negredo, which in the alchemy process is the period, the the black. Okay, negredo means black, and so you're entering this period of blackness, and and in the life story, it might be that you're really tested at this time people that you thought were your friends start to betray you you find out people are talking about you because you took a step or you find out that you know there's been a great betrayal like a you know a real person in your life has let you down in a great way um, this is a person in your tribe i would say um, you might have bosses you encounter that show up in the, you know, in the sense of a pharaoh where it might be quite a big test of your, you know, it's almost like a a fortifying of your spirit because what will come after that is going to be the greatest test that you will go through. The, uh, what is the ultimate test? The death um, and so you will get tests, but you will also have allies during this period, um, and you are being initiated into harsher, um, a harsher, you know, harsher environment. You're no longer in your comfort zone. If you know, think about it. If you're leaving a relationship, let's just use that. You've known this person, and this has been your person. This has been your go-to person. This has been. Your um, your your confidant, and they have betrayed you, and now you are alone. This is a lonely period, uh, but there always is someone else in your life um, that shows up at that time. So you're never really alone, uh, but it's that one person that you know, sort of that you trusted. Now think about it: is as, as part of your career, like you've only known this. You know, for example, I studied marketing, and I was like two years in, I was like, oh, I cannot, I don't know. I cannot do this. Uh, I don't wanna do this. I cannot sell things to people that they don't need for the rest of my life and think my life will have meaning. So I don't want that. I don't want that to be my story. And I remember going in and saying, I am giving my resignation and not knowing what was going to come next. I didn't know what was going to happen next. And I was actually going to do dentistry. But I had an idea, but even when I went into dentistry, I was like, oh my God, I cannot do this either. Like, this is not for me. I like to talk to people. Um, and so, instead of just sort of operating in their mouths, like, I like their stories and I want to hear what they have to say. And so, you know, these kinds of challenges showed up for me and that's when I, um, you know, had a message sort of delivered through my older sister and, and that's when I moved in. But that doesn't mean that the, the, um, the, the struggles stopped The struggle was still there you know having children during my doctoral program um you know struggling with my own relationship difficulties adjusting to a marriage adjusting to a new family all of that was part of my fortification of my spirit to encounter the great death at that time now each stage in your life will have a death right when when a child becomes an adolescent and they actually encounter their first heartbreak, let's just say, or their first betrayal, there's a death of a child and of a worldview that everyone will be my friend and all is good and everything is good, you know? And so when I talk about the ultimate test or the death, it is a death of an old way of being. You, that must die. A child must die for an adolescent to be birthed. An adolescent must die for a young adult to be birthed a young adult must die for an adult to be birthed an adult must die for an elder to be birthed so there is a death at each stage in our life and that is really painful you know and and so then will come the death of the mentor or maybe you the projection falls where, um, you know, the person that was helping you, you start to see their faults and you're like, you know, I really thought they were all that, but like, they're not really all that. Um, And you might need to renegotiate that relationship with that person who was your mentor. Um, So sometimes, usually, um, you know, um, it, it could be that the mentor was a grandparent and it could actually be an actual death Or you might actually start to say that, wait a minute, but I don't believe everything you say. I actually have my own ideas and my own way forward. And so this is what I mean by the death of the mentor. In order for you to fully come into your own, you cannot rely even on the mentor. So this is where in the therapy process, you might start to say, well, you might start to see the faults of the therapist. Like, no, actually... I don't actually believe that. That, Or she says something judgmental or she says something that might be minimizing and you start to see her as a human or him as a human. Um, that doesn't mean that the, you disconnect from that relationship, it's just that you no longer are putting that person in that mentor um, place where you might now become their equal, where it just becomes that we are now two people with each other on a journey um, and you might have another mentor that shows up for the next stage of your journey, but this person now has leveled, you're now seeing eye to eye. So that's what I mean by the death of the mentor. Then there is that transformation that happens where you are evolving into your own way. Um, oh, 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 sorry, guys. Um, let's see. I talked to you guys about the supreme ordeal um, and now you are um, you know um, going through this atonement period where there's the reward that you get and this could be higher knowledge or wisdom or you feel a little bit more integrated you feel um, wiser you feel more confident you've gone through a a a dark period and now you're coming out onto the other side where there is an atonement and sometimes it feels like i'm good (laughs) in this place like this is good and there 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 might be a refusal to return at that point this is where a lot of people can just sort of drift off and you know go live on their own on a mountain somewhere Um, because they just feel like they've done their work and now they're off on to, um, in another world and they want to stay in the other world. They don't want to come back to the real world because integration back into the real world where now I have to make friends with people and I have to make a new set of friends and find a new tribe that I'm sort of in a different frequency, in a different state of mind, in a different state of development, And so some of these people that were part of my old way of doing things, uh, or a different way I should say, are no longer part of my new chapter in my life. But you have to come back, you have to start a new chapter in your life. And that can be where where sometimes you're like, "Mm, no, I don't want to start a new chapter. I've let go of the old. I don't want the new. I would like to stay (laughs) in my own world. Um, in my books, in my spiritual retreats, in my mountain on, you know, at the top of the mountain. Like, it doesn't work that way, guys. You got to come back. You got to come back to the real world. And this is where the resurrection happens. And as in any resurrection, as in any birthing process, there is pain involved. But it's not like a great pain. Um, It does require you to sort of... um, you know, face off with some darkness, as you imagine a child being birthed, you got to go through the birth canal. And there are contractions and there are, you know, things that you have to push through. Um, It's it's a little bit uncomfortable of a process, um, but you are evolving and you know it, but you have the strength now to go through this process. Um, And so that is where you um, come to the other side and now you are a master of these two worlds that you were a part of. And you are, um, you can now, you are now part of the spirit world as well as the ordinary world. And you've now found a way to be part of both. Where the adolescent, you know, adolescence I would, I would say is, is in this kind of um, ultimate test. It's like a dark period of you know several years um and around 16 17 18 they start to come out but then another journey begins when they go off to college so you see how it's like a cyclical um process and you know every few years you will be given trials and tribulations it actually is part of your evolution psychologically speaking as well as spiritually speaking Every few years, you will encounter um, all of this, okay, and um, and it will look it will look different for each person, and then you return home, and and things will be a bit stable, and you can get on with life, and you are a changed person. There's a bit more balance. Um, you feel like re-engaged again it's like a period of expansion. So think about everything in the universe is contracting and expanding, contracting and expanding. And every birth goes through this contraction, expansion, contraction, expansion, expansion, contraction. And so what you are now is probably in the expansion phase where you are just, you know, doing life in a different way with a different wisdom with a different knowledge um what can happen and i've done a post on this is that a lot of people get this arrogance to them um and thinking they've arrived guys you haven't arrived ever because there's always the next journey there's, you know, there's always a sequel. There's always going to be the next thing. There will always be another test or trial that you will encounter. And every time you go through that, if you've done that work, you will actually be able to contend with, um, that, uh, difficulty in, with a different wisdom and a different set of balance, you know, a Yoda-like presence. You know, Yoda had issues. (laughs) Like he was dealing with, you know, um, the the balance of the universe, but there was a steadiness to him that he had earned through all of his different journeys. We don't know what Yoda was before Yoda became Yoda, Um, but he didn't become Yoda just like that. He had to go through all of the Jedi steps, the spiritual ascension that he went through or the psychological development that he went to, to gain that wisdom, which is the elixir. And, and so, um, yeah, remain humble as you move through these. And I can say that and people will still, you know, um, people will still do what they do. Um, and so that is the kind of hero's journey metaphor. Um, I can say, if I look back at my life, seven, 12, seven, 12, seven, 12, these were my numbers. Um, and as, as as I turned maybe 28, the cycle probably sped up a little bit. Um, and so um, for me, it usually was a almost a 12-year cycle that, profound things happen at the 12-year mark for me Um, and it really was quite a you know shocking experience because it literally happened on my birthday (laughs) I don't know what that was all about but it would happen on my birthday and so it was like okay I'm ready and so now I'm like you know I think I just went through that this year and so hopefully for the next 12 years I'm good um, but you kind of if you look back and this is one of the things i really recommend guys is um with jv uh juan at the lighthouse doing a timeline workshop this is what we've done in the encounter groups that we've done we've charted out our whole life and once you chart out unlike like a really long piece of paper mine is over there it's long and it's big and um i noticed ah, look, there and there and there and there. You start to see a pattern forming. If you don't know what your pattern is, then you probably haven't done a proper sort of um, analysis of, of your life's journey. And I know that JV is gonna do these groups um, uh, over the summer. And so if you guys are interested, we would be very happy to sort of form another one and start another journey, I won't be there, but JV will be there, and he will take you through it and he's been part of my journey. He has shown up as a helper in my inner journey um, and has um, you know and has 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 strengthened my spirit and my connection to my intuition so helpers show up in many different ways, um, and he has been one of those for me. so I really would recommend that if you are here in the summer do that. If you're not here in the summer, he might actually even do one online and I just think that that would be a, an amazing thing for people to dial into, um, and do this thing online. What you would need to do is probably get your own materials, but you would need like a really long piece of paper. Okay. I'm not going to talk too much about that. I'll talk about it later, but let's focus on the hero's journey. Now, what happens in the alchemical process? Now this stuff is fascinating to me. Um, I think there's something in all of us that um that is just so drawn to this language of alchemy alchemy like magic right um and alchemy i mean i'm not going to go into the the history of alchemy it has many um um you know uh, many places where it originates from but mostly like in in Egypt and um, the you know the Greeks and all of these guys actually had and there's a lot of like spiritual um, interpretations of this as well and so I'm just going to take you through the different stages um, and then maybe I'll do another Instagram live probably in August where I will really delve into alchemy and alchemy is the transformation of the base lead into gold um, and, and the philosopher's stone. So if we look at and we overlay this hero's journey, what I see as alchemy or the alchemical process is when we go in to the underworld, when we go into the special world, we're literally entering the alchemical vessel. This is where the heat gets turned on cause you gotta cook some stuff. Um, and, and, and alchemy goes through different, you know, stages and a lot of the language of chemistry. So the, the birthplace of modern day chemistry is actually through alchemy where you take one substance, you do something with it and you transform it into another substance, right? Chemistry. I was not very good at chemistry. (laughs) Maybe I need to go back. Um, and so, um, And so the alchemical vessel is the the initiation into the next phase. And that's where a lot of the transformation and transmutation is happening, psychologically speaking, okay? And spiritually speaking. And I cannot go into all of these stages in great depth, but yeah, that's, that's how I sort of overlay it. I haven't read that anywhere. I'm just making that up, but that's kind of been my process. And the four stages are um, negredo, albedo, citronatus, and rubedo. Black, white, yellow, and red. A lot of things that you might read um, online have collapsed yellow and red I am on the side of Hillman, where I would not collapse the yellow and red because I personally know the difference between um, white and yellow. I don't know if I've made it to the red, but I know what that has felt like for me. Um, And so, um, and as in any alchemical process, with each stage, the fire gets turned on a little bit more. And there are different, um, different things that happened to the substance. So if you look at your psyche as the base lead metal, black is basically sort of being in ignorance, right? We, you see people and you're like, "Wow, <laughs> how are they just so happy? <laughs> they just look so happy and everything looks so good. And they just look like, you know, um, They are living in bliss, and ignorance is bliss. But so is like Rubedo, I imagine, and so is uh, the Yoda wisdom, I imagine. But so is ignorance. So there is blissfulness at this end of the spectrum and at this end of the spectrum. A child is blissful, but so is a wise elder. They're like unfazed by things, right? They're like, hmm, yeah. And also this, oh, there's evil in this world, and oh my god, this is happening, and oh my god, that's happening, and also this. And they get this kind of childlike way about them. They can still hold the lightness of life as they see the dark forces also. They are just okay. Yeah, that also exists. So this for me, (laughs) you know, like um, just kind of knowing that they both exist and, and letting that seep in experientially so that is the yellowing of the substance so without sort of going in to all the details of this i will tell you what happens in negrito Negredo is the stage where um you are really encountering your shadow this is really where you go into the darkness so you start out ignorant and you move in to doing a lot of this shadow work. Okay. Encountering your psyche is not easy. And the stages that you must go through, um, as we speak in alchemical sort of processes is the calcination and dissolution, um, and separation. So if you look on the hero's journey, this is where the separation is happening, where, I I belong to this community, but I no longer feel like I fit into it. I belong to this world, but I no longer feel I'm I'm okay in it in the way I am. So this is where the separation happens and you enter the negrado and you're really entering the alchemical process of encountering the unconscious. This is where you become aware of all that you have Put, a, put away for a long time. This is where you realize that you have complexes that you are projecting onto your relationships. This is where you are realizing that all that is outside in the world exists in you. And and that is a very uh, disturbing period. Um, and that's why it, the, the parts are separating. You're no longer fused with this reality of oh yeah, all is well, all is good, love and light. No. It's like, wait a minute. I think I contributed to um, that relationship going south. And I have too many expectations of my partner, my kids, my employees, my colleagues, my whatever. I am wrong. I lied. I cheated. I am angry. I And all of a sudden it's like, but I'm not these beautiful values and virtues that I have always thought I was, that in me also lies something very dark, okay? So this is where the negredo um, and this kind of, um, it's like a burning away of the egoic self where everything is perfect in my life. And that burning away is the first stage of alchemy, okay? And, and this kind of ignorance is lost and, and you start to see things as they are. And, and if you think about the alchemical process of a relationship, this is where you realize that your partner is not perfect. Most people are like, oh, I no longer love you at this time. When you realize I've fallen out of love with you, that is exactly the dark night of the relationship. You might have fallen out of love with that person, but that was a projection you had of that person. It was not the real person. So your projections fall at this time and you own a lot of the, oh my God, (laughs) what am I seeing here? Um, This kind of fusion that happens in in the early parts of relationships that must happen um, is no longer. You start to see yourself as two separate individuals. You start to say, well, what do you mean you don't like watching these movies? And what do you mean um, you're going to go out with your friends? And what do you mean you're a separate individual than me? Yeah, that starts to happen in a relationship during uh, the negrito, the blackening. Okay, then comes um, actually in, in the negrito period. It's really it's quite a, a difficult period. Call it depression, call it confusion. Um, And sometimes blacker than the blackest black can happen. And I imagine this is the dark night, right? Where you really encounter the inner darkness. Um, Or you really encounter the other person's darkness for the first time. And usually most people leave at that time. Most people don't see it through. Most people are like, oh, you hurt me, you're out. That's not a mature relationship. In a mature relationship, you will get hurt. I'm not saying majority of the time you're getting hurt. So please, like, let's not go to the polars here. I'm talking about a normal, healthy relationship in which two people love each other and they're concerned about each other. Even in that relationship, the blackest of black will show up. And you will say, oh my God, what I thought to be true is no longer. You might find out about something. And then you get tested. And there are trials and tribulations so each relationship will go through that um as as you will so as without so within my if i think about the journey of the lighthouse we have gone through that um if i talk about the journey of my relationship if i talk about myself as a parent if i talk about my inner journey all of these have gone through this kind of spiral of the hero's journey with the alchemical transformations that have happened um, as a result of that. OK. And so then comes the albedo. Now is the whitening stage. Oh, the enlightenment has happened. And um, and this is illumination. And this is um, the process where unconscious content is actually pulled into the light. So this is where you make the unconscious conscious. This is when traumas might show up and you are bringing them to light. This is when you start to see the truth of your childhood and not see this as this perfect thing that you went through. But you're like, wait a minute, my mother wasn't perfect and neither was my father. And oh my God, I had, you know, complex PTSD type of um, experiences and relational traumas that I endured. And this is what got split off in me. And this is what wounding happened in me. And this is when my inner child lost its, lost its magic. And this is when I stopped being creative because I was so afraid of failure. And this is what, this is what, this is what, all of that starts to come up. And you are in that part for quite some time. Um, and, and then um, comes, um, you know, so there's less fragmentation. This is what I've been talking about in the Hebrew, um, in the Hebrew in the healing journeys where you are bringing to light, right? You're increasing your light. So the more fragments that you pull from the unconscious to the conscious, the more light you have. You don't get light from the outside. You get light from the inside. And the light is where the wounding has happened. So every wound you are healing, every wound you are becoming aware of, every trigger, that you are now becoming aware of. You are doing the work of transformation and turning that into light, okay? So this is often where you start to feel bigger in your light. This is also when most people become preachers or they become, not preachers in the formal sense, but they feel like it's all love and light. We're not done yet. We are not done alchemically, psycho-spiritually speaking, okay? And if most people are in their 30s and 40s, most people are, who've done their work are in the albedo phase. But there's danger there when, um, when people stay in the albedo phase and they think all is light and they see only light and they see the light in people and they see the light in the world. And, but that can be blinding, right? And so the yellowing, must happen. And this is where I will read a quote from James Hillman, who talked about um, these different stages. So during negredo, there is pain and ignorance. We suffer without the help of knowledge, right? Unconscious suffering. Why do I keep doing this to myself? Why do these cycles keep repeating? Why do I keep attracting the same person in my life? Negredo. Um, and during the albedo, the pain lifts. We are blessed by reflection and understanding. And it's like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> I get it. I keep doing this in my relationship and I won't do it again. And so you feel uplifted. This is, you know, where Anakin became arrogant. I'm aware of my powers. But unless the the yellowing happens, the yellowing is where the, the pain of the knowledge itself, the yellow brings the pain of the knowledge itself. The soul suffers in its own understanding. This is too deep a topic for me to go into in the next four minutes. So I'm just gonna say that the yellowing must happen. This is where we realize that there is darkness in the world and there is lightness in the world and we experience that and that is very transformative the yellowing is where a wilting happens a, a humbling happens that I will not be able to change everything in this world I will not be able to infect everyone with my love and light that there will always be darkness in this world and 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 that weariness that comes with knowing that that's the yellowing okay so most people just jump and um or stay and um and most people another way of saying well there is good and bad and that's it um that's still albedo no I'm, i'm talking about something different where there is a a, an experiential of this kind of um, knowledge um, and, a, and this kind of grandiosity about, I can have a major impact in this world, um, is sort of humbled, okay? So that is going to um, to happen. And I guess it could mean different things at different times. And then comes rubedo, which is red. And I'm really, you know, it's really interesting because when we think about enlightenment and we think about um, when we think about um, someone who has enlightened, we think about light, white, yellow. We don't think about red. We don't think that red is the final process, and the red is where the union happens union of all that is good and bad, the masculine and the feminine, the yin and the yang, the light and the dark, the uh, doing and the being and the feeling and the thinking and the intuition and the mind and the body, like all of that is that you become a totality, okay? And like I said, in each phase that just might look different. Um, And I'll let you know how it goes. (laughs) As I go through my life, and hopefully I will have a long life so I can like maybe tell you what Robedo felt like if I keep going through this process. But, um, you know, I have, I have done that work and I, I you know, as, as you, I even look back at some of my earlier videos and you can tell I'm coming at you from my mind. Way back when, when I started this account, um, I was in the thick of doing my work, but I was still very much in my head. I was still very much thinking psychology was something we did um, rather than something we were in the being level. Um, I always thought about psychology as my life's work, but I didn't think about it as my soul's work. Um, I thought there was my soul's work and then there's my psychology. And, and then the merging happened where at that point I, you know, I understood that the word psyche is the Latin word for soul. And that's when I realized that the soul and the mind and the body and the spirit and the intuition and the sensing and the introversion and the extroversion, all of these things that we just sort of um, are sort of binary or split off, it's all one. You're not just an introvert. If you are an introvert, then you must work on the inferior function. If you are a thinking, the feeling will come. And when it comes, it gonna be a dark night <laughs> because it will rock your world when the, when the feeling function shows up and often it is inspired by um, a, a love affair or um, the opposite sex or um, a opposite energy I should say so it could, it shows up in different ways and so wherever there is something that is undeveloped in you it will ask of you to develop it and this is something interesting that I found that people who don't want to have kids um, the creative force if you've all just been about doing 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 and logic in mind the creative force will come but it comes in the form of people doing gardening uh, people um, are nurturing right the nurturing force asks for expression and it could come in art. It could come in you um, wanting to take care of an animal, getting a horse or a dog or a cat or something. Um, it could come in the f- form of you, you know, becoming more interested in farming. The creative force will rise. So it shows up in different ways. Whatever is not um, developed in you will come to the surface. And. It usually will come in the special world. So I hope that I was able to sort of weave together this for you guys because um, there will be a separation, an initiation. Think about this of the alchemical vessel where you go through those four stages. And then A, reintegration or a return. So each stage of your life can be sort of described like this and alchemically we transform at every stage of our life at every point in our life this is what i believe i have not found this yet um in in um in any sort of reading but through my experience that um an infant will go through an alchemical process as it starts to learn how to walk and then they will become go through an alchemical process when they separate and enter into the world of nursery. And they will, um, you know, then they will go into elementary and then they will go into adolescence. And then, so you see how each will have a separation, an initiation and a return. Initiation is the alchemical purification. And it feels like hell. (laughs) It feels like you're burning and you, you know and it's it's a purification though it isn't hell it's just a purification and a separation that is happening of all that was no longer you to all that will return to the ordinary world as a different way so separation must happen a dissolution must happen a calcination must happen like an evaporation must happen before you can evolve into something else so I hope that makes sense um, I can take some questions um, I don't uh, the book that I would recommend um, and it's not like one of those like oh let me read it it's so easy is A Hero with a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell. So somebody said, can you give a recommendation about the hero's journey? And um, this is um, the ultimate book from which all hero's journeys came from. So I would recommend that. It's a good summer read. Um, Someone asked that my crisis looks like identity plus midlife plus existential, 100%. That's precisely the point. the initiation period in every initiation and in every alchemical sort of beginning of the process there will be an identity crisis so we are like oh adolescent is identity Uh uh-uh in midlife you will have an identity crisis even at quarter life i have seen people have an identity crisis like who am i without my family who am i if i am not this who am i if i'm not that right so identity crises will come again and again, especially if you're doing the work, especially if you're moving up the spiral or down the spiral, like you will have an identity crisis at each turn. Like you will question your identity because each time is a shedding of an old way of doing and being in order for a new way to show up in this world. and um, And all of these kind of personas that we have taken on All of these identities from our family, our culture, our media, our goals, our egoic goals, our ambitions. These are all layers upon layers that we must burn off for the light to shine. But that doesn't mean I quit my job and move to the mountain, by the way. But you just show up differently in those places. They are not you. They are your, you know, your life's work. Um, but you are outside of all of that. You are not your thoughts, you are not your feelings, you are not your work, you are not your material. You are not your pain, you are not your suffering. And you are also that. So it's it's actually a really, a first a separation and then an integration of these types of things. Um, somebody said, I don't believe the hero's journey. To you, your way, and to me, mine. It's okay. Like, you don't have to believe everything you hear. And I urge you to question everything you hear. And if it does not resonate with you, please put it to the side. I'm not saying trash it, because at some point in your life, that might resonate. But if it's not where you're at, you, won't, you don't need to adopt it. Then you are just out, you know, living another story. It's not your story. It's got to be your story. So there will be things that I will say where you're like, mm-mm, makes no sense. Put it to the side. Stay where you are. Stay where you are. Um, and I, I guess that's really hard to do in the world of social media. And it's really hard when to stay in the thick of it, um, in, the, in the blackness of it, when light feels so um, tempting. And that's why if you see in my hero's journey chart, there is that temptation that will show up. I just don't want to do this work. I'm good. I'm really good. <laughs> So the temptation will show up on the path. It's like an exit. I'm done. I'm good. I'm okay here. So you will avoid going into the darkness of the dark. But if you stay with the temptation, you begin back into the hero's journey. And the call will come again. And the call will come again. And the restlessness and the neuroticism and the anxiety and and the stress and all of that will be there. You cannot ignore that for too long. You cannot numb it. You cannot anesthetize it. You cannot forget about it. The call will just get louder. It's just what I have found. Um, duty and obligation will, will delay you for a little bit, but it will not hold. And there are people who on their deathbed will say, one of their greatest regrets have, has been, I wish I lived a life that was mine. And not one of duty and obligation, and, and, and. Not to say that I am against duty and obligation. But when it comes in the form of betraying yourself, um, that's when um, I would say you've got to work with that. And this might, some people might hear, well, oh, you know, I don't want to betray myself. I abandon the mother and father. Like, it doesn't work like that either. I don't, I don't believe in that. Um, there has to be a way where you become a master of two worlds, where you hold your own, but you still exist within a system, where you still exist within a social construct, where you still exist within a workplace, where you still exist within a family, where you don't feel like you need to convince everybody to see things your way. So that's about being a master of two worlds. Um, But it really is about doing that work. Okay, so I hope that this helped. Um, if you guys have any other questions, let me know. Like I said, this is going to be my last live for um, another many weeks. I don't know, maybe six weeks or so. I might, uh, you know, as I as I learn more and do more, um, I might come on in the in the summer. Uh, but time differences and all of that just make it a little bit difficult. Um, and so. Uh, But if you have any questions, I might do like a typed Q&A with you guys on this topic. I just think it's such a rich topic. Um, And this is our life. This is our soul's work. Um, And that's what psychology really should be. It's about um, reintegrating our soul back into our life, our heart back into our life, and not just live from the place of our head. Um, So thanks, guys, for being here.